Welcome everyone to the Star Wars Historians here on the Gazebo Effect podcast. Obviously, I'm David Gonzalez and I'm joined by my good friend Luke Forney. Hey. And with us tonight is a first-time guest. He is the person responsible for me existing, and that's my dad, David Gonzalez, the first. Hello, everyone. He's also I the, the actually person. go by uh, Grandmaster G. So. That's true. That's uh, true. That is what he goes by. He's also the person responsible for really making you into the Star Wars fan that you are today, huh? And yeah. I think he regrets that <laughs> now. No, not really. Um, he used to stay up bouncing in his little bouncy thing when he was like one and a half and he wouldn't go to, he didn't want to go to bed. So I would have to actually force him to go to bed. But yeah, he would stay up and watch Star Wars with me. Mm. Wow. I didn't even know that. So that's a cool fact to, <laughs> to learn. Um, well, I, I think this is also very special because Luke, you were my roommate for three out of the four years that we were in college together. And I have a picture and I'll probably post it along with, you know, the graphic announcing this specific episode. But it's a picture of you, me, my brother and my dad playing Star Wars epic duels in our living room. Uh, And so that is a cool memory to have of just all of us. And we love Star Wars in our own unique ways. Um, And so it's exciting that we get to talk now about, in my opinion is the best Star Wars movie ever. And that is The Empire Strikes Back. But, Dad, what are, what were your thoughts? I, especially because you, you actually saw this in theaters, probably. I would assume so. Do you mind talking about just you as a Star Wars fan and then you watching Empire Strikes Back for the first time? Yeah. Um, I became a Star Wars fan when I was seven. So that's almost 30, what, 43 years ago? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I saw it in the back of my uncle's pickup truck in the <laughs> drive-in theater. So it was it was really cool because it uh, the screen kind of blended into the background of the stars. Oh wow! So you really didn't know where the screen started and when the stars you know ended. So it was really cool that I mean, and seeing that for the first time um, was awesome. Then I remember seeing um, Empire Strikes Back. Uh, that one I think we watched in a in a movie theater. And I just every time I, uh, you know, I see that crawl with the music coming on, it just it just gets me even even with episode one when they redid that one. I didn't really particularly care for that one, but I love just the just the the music, you know. Yeah. So it just brought back nostalgia for me. Luke, what what about you? Like your experience with this movie? What what are your thoughts on The Empire Strikes Back? Uh, Well, the first time I watched it was probably um at home with our VHS set of the first three movies, uh, had VHSs of the first five movies and then Revenge of the Sith was our first DVD copy. And so we were pretty proud of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, on this rewatch of Empire Strikes Back, you know, I just, there's a lot of things to love in this movie. And I, I think kind of the biggest thing that I pulled from it is you really get to see, the development and kind of like the concrete, like the way that people think about these characters is made concrete in this movie, I think. And I think that's why it's so, it stands the test of time and everybody loves it. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think for me, my earliest memory, I don't think I remember seeing this movie 
but I do probably, we probably, and dad, you can, we're here for you to check, but we probably had the VHS of Empire. Oh, I've had everything from the VHS when it came out, then I bought it when it came, when it was redone and, and did the DVD. Then I, of course, bought it again when they redid it and got the, uh, the, the Blu-ray. Blu-ray. So I got it in all collections and yeah, we wore out that poor VHS. (laughs) tapes yeah. <laughs> back in the back in the day um yeah. yeah but that was like for me it was it was awesome because we had just seen uh star wars and you saw a lot more action a lot more excitement in the empire strikes back mm-hmm. it kind of uh you know it kind of developed like i was saying developed each character who they were and i thought it was a good transition for for luke from not just feeling the force but actually being able to control it yeah and i think that's what mm. that's what um that's what yoda was kind of uh he was t- what well, was kind of what Ben Ben was telling him when they were on Dagobah when he was about to go and try and save um, uh, Han and, and Leia is that yeah he can feel the force but he couldn't control it mm-hmm. he did learn mm-hmm. he was making that transition and then but he still wasn't a master of it right um, yeah so I mean that he was he was prematurely leaving and one of the things that I, I don't know if we're ready to discuss the movie yet but. Uh, there was one thing that I that caught my attention last night when I was trying to see it. Um, is when Luke is, you know, of course, I guess the climatic scene of him chop getting his hand chopped off, and he's mm-hmm. and he's looking down, he's looking at Vader, and he's um, and he's contemplating what to do. So I don't know if it was a suicidal thought, you know, mm-hmm. where he jumps down, or was he just kind of mm-hmm. saying, "I'd rather die than join you." Right. Or what, or did he really know that he was going to survive that fall? Well, so, you know, hmm. I think that it was surely... That's a good question. Surely he must have thought that it was a possibility that he could die. And so mm-hmm. even that would... He's, he's really living out the words, I'll never join you. Like, I'd rather die than join you. Yeah, no. That, I, I probably see that in the same, same way, in the same light of... Even when Ben was having that conversation with him just as before he was going to leave uh, Dagobah, uh, where they're telling him, don't give in to hate, mm-hmm. that leads to the dark side. So avoid the dark side at all costs. Well, joining Vader is going to the dark side. Yeah. Uh, and so, again, he he is, he is he'd rather die than join Vader, but he'd also rather die than join the dark side because he he had made those promises to Yoda and to Ben. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we see a Luke Skywalker who keeps his promises, regardless of the situation that he finds himself in. Um, but we'll get there. The main reason why I asked the question about uh, the VHS is because I don't remember necessarily seeing the film for the first time. The only thing I do remember is uh, when my dad and I would reenact luke and vader fighting like the initial scene uh before they cut back to lando chewy and leia um being rescued by lobot right and so it, it's always been ingratiated in my mind of this film being something that kind of changes everything even the way that i think we view sequels at times because we've seen movies have a great start but then when the sequel comes out it doesn't deliver it's not as good well in this case a new hope was great because it establishes 
you know, this galaxy, this world. But then an empire strikes back, takes that up, and then does even more. Right. Because it builds off of what A New Hope does, but it also sets things up beautifully for Return of the Jedi. Especially when we talk about Luke and his development from being just a farm boy in A New Hope to now being this kid who is learning how to be a Jedi and ultimately what we see in Return of the Jedi. And so I think it does really, really well. Yeah, and I'd like to add to that, um, not only do we see Luke becoming a Jedi, um, and so we have that in contrast to the little farm boy Luke, but there's also, at the beginning of this film, we get to see Luke in action as a commander of the Rebellion, and we get to see him, Mm -hmm. like, act with leadership as he guides the Echo Squadron against these AT-ATs. Yeah, and you see his courage. I mean, he's he'd never backed down from anything, even when he was a novice at everything. You know, he was like, hey, we're going to put up this with this mess, you know. Uh, and for me, going back to, you know, A New Hope and then the transition, I mean, we were seeing stuff that in when I was seven that we had never seen before. Um, you know, we all the strings were there and visible for all the special effects and they looked like toasters flying through the air. I mean... <laughs> Uh, with other previous, uh, you know, uh, sci-fi movies, this was a, a transition of all. We didn't think it could, it could get any better. We just wanted to see more. So when 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 Empire Strikes Back comes out, we're like, wow, we didn't expect it to get this good. Mm-hmm. So I mean, the quality was even better. You know, the storyline was was improving. Everything was 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 moving in the right direction. So you know, when y'all do the Empire Strikes when Return of the Jedi, I mean, that was. That was like the pinnacle of everything, you know, of everything that, that, that George Lucas was able to do. You know, he had a lot of limitations with the first one, but I think the second one kind of gave him a lot more freedom to do what he was doing. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, to me, it was it was one of the one of one of the is is um, I go back and forth between uh, Empire and Return because I love Return of the Jedi just because I think we see um, Luke, even though he's not all the way, you know, developed. I think he's he's more there than than you know than not. Right. I think he's 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 arrived. But again, it was typical of all of all Jedi. He got and got arrogant there at the end. <laughs> you know, like it, it happens. But I think in Empire, he really established himself as a true a true servant of the light, a true servant of of of, of good versus evil. He wasn't going to give into that. He'd rather die. He'd rather you know do that he was not even going to put himself in a situation where he could get tempted Mm -hmm. and even when we look at you know we see luke being the because that luke that also went through my mind as i was watching the battle of hoth and luke is commanding his troops with such confidence again looking back at a new hope When he is just red five. Yeah, he was just a rookie. He's, like he was following, yes. following the leader. And now he's yeah. the man. And he is the man and he is commanding everybody. He's saying, Hey, hey, um, Wedge, I need you to go and take a like Dak's been killed, uh, a misfire, backfire, whatever that to which was that that always makes me laugh when I watch back through it. And Luke says how do you feel, Dak? And Dak says, I feel like I can take the whole empire myself. <laughs> Three minutes later, Buzz, he dies. Yeah. 
and I'm just, I'm just like, okay, that that's that's something. But something that really stuck stood out to me as I was watching this was not only the development of Luke, but even like when you say that all these characters, they're established, they're made concrete of who they are and who they're supposed to be. The person who I I saw that initially this time was Han Solo. Yeah. A question that I have, and, and both of y'all can answer this, would you say that Han Solo would openly call anybody a friend? Oh, well, he, he did call Lucas friend. Exactly. And I don't know if he's ever done that really other than Chewie. Like, Maybe really Lando. stick his I think neck he's, out. He said he didn't trust Lando, but that he was a friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but I think he, he redefined his friendship because I think in Luke he had total confidence. Mm-hmm. He knew Luke had yeah. his back no matter what. Yeah. And that's what I think that was what, what Lando had, I mean, what uh, Han Solo had never really experienced yeah. is that type of loyalty where somebody was, was mm-hmm. there to, to get your back no matter what. I guess he's had that in, in uh, Chewbacca, yeah. but that's probably the only one. And yeah. he's kind of a non human, mm-hmm. you know? So. And then, yeah. and then you see, like, you're, like we're saying, we knew that Leia was was a natural leader in mm-hmm. in 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 the first one, but then you saw Luke's leadership skyrocket, and you saw Han Solo skyrocket. Yeah. When and then you saw yeah. you saw a transformation in Han Solo. He was an egotistical person, you know, in the first one, and now he actually cared more about other people than himself. Yeah. So you saw that with 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 Luke. I mean, probably the old Han Solo would have said, you know what. You're gonna die out there, bud, because yeah. I'm not gonna go out there and, and risk my life for you. I've, I've but you saw, it, yeah, it, it so really you saw t- that. Yeah, it really touched me, kind of, to think about how, like, Han is really prepared to, like, he has such a self-giving lo- loyalty to Luke that he, even though he knows that the odds are really high that he's going to not make it out there, which also there's a lot of talk about odds in this movie. It's just a tidbit that <laughs> yeah. I think is interesting. Um, it is. Even R2-D2 says it whenever they're on Hoth. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, he goes against the odds and, and and goes and puts his life on the line to go save Luke, his friend. And like even the other rebels are saying that he'll never make it so he shouldn't try is kind of the implied statement. And then he just says, then I'll see you in hell. Yeah. <laughs> you can't forget the yeah. Yeah, and he goes out. Yeah with the with just the the urgency to go and rescue Luke and for for me that's what really I was just like how could how did I not really like take note of that and actually just being like man this is this is I think breakthrough for Han I mean maybe we we would have saw the young Han from Solo Maybe he would do that because he he did that before. But again, th- this has been years since mm-hmm. Solo has taken place, and so we see a different Han Solo evolve over time. But then we're starting to see with Luke. I think Luke was a huge influence on Han, and like Dad said, like the fact that he could trust Luke, he would stick out his his neck out for Luke. Yeah, and he wasn't ashamed to to just be like, "Hey, my friend stuck out there. I need to go." I need to go rescue him and to do anything at all costs to rescue him. To me, that that established Han Solo as no longer the scoundrel, just the scoundrel, because I think he still oh, is. Yeah. Even in 
uh, Return of the Jedi and in the sequel trilogy. But he's also one now who values what he has and is willing to do anything for well, it. Well, if you think about Return of the Jedi, uh, Han doesn't really have a chance to develop any character uh, in between the movies like Leia and Luke do. <laughs> yeah. But he kind yeah, of, so he, he, he kind pretty of, much has to be all there. Yeah, but I think, uh, you know, when you see Han, I mean, especially with Luke, and when Darth Vader kind of says, it's your destiny, Luke, mm-hmm. I think um, Luke is really fighting to fight that destiny. He wants to create his own destiny. So we see that even though the odds are all against them, you know, every every survival is kind of a, it's a miracle, almost you could say, that they can actually even get to the end of the movie because yeah. there's so much stuff going on. You know, he almost, it's almost crushed by a, by a, by a walker. You know, <laughs> it's just so many things that are going on. Uh, you know, he almost uh, crash lands on, on a planet, you know, where he can't see nothing. He's lucky he didn't go into the side of a, of a, of a, of a, of a mountain if, you know, whatever. Yeah. So all those things, he's just overcoming everything. He's overcoming everything. And he's determined to do what is right, no matter what. That's why, that's why I think, you know, when we talk about the other movies that were made, they weren't true to him. He's, he, he, he rises to every challenge. He, he, he overcomes every obstacle. That's just his personality. That's who he is. Well, well, the only thing that I would say to counter that only because I really, especially once the Mandalorian season two came out and Luke appeared spoilers, but if you haven't seen it yet, shame on you, (laughs) but, um, is the fact that Luke in his own training failed yeah, and he gave up the, the example I'll use is with Yoda, which we'll talk specifically about Yoda here in a bit, but just for this, this kind of conversation, when Luke's ship has fallen to the bottom of the swamp, that's when we have Yoda's big speech, big monologue about what the force is and what you can do through the force and how everything is connected all together. It's in the trees, the rocks. It's all around us. And he says, even between land and the ship, saying, you can do this. Yeah. It, it's it's not just you trying it. Do or do not, there is no try. And Luke just says, you want the impossible, walks away, sits down, pouting. Yeah. And that's when we have Yoda raise the X-Wing. I can't believe it. Well, that is why you fail. So not in every single instance do we see a Luke Skywalker who overcomes every obstacle. Well, because he, he's, he's a human he, being. He, yeah, he's human. And we'll, we'll probably talk about this when we do a character retrospective of Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Of how I understand people's point about the sequel trilogy is not giving us the Luke Skywalker that we think should exist but i think there are still some redeemable qualities about luke in the sequel trilogy but in this film specifically he had a lot of growing up to do and he did it he had to learn some hard lessons because he was not ready to fight the the he was not ready to fight vader and he failed but he also succeeded Mm -hmm. because while he may have been defeated in combat by vader he didn't succumb to the dark side. Yeah. And to me, that's a win. 
Yeah, I mean, he's he's already done better than his father in that respect. Yeah, and to yeah, counter your 100%. counter, <laughs> uh, you have to understand that that Luke's training was so short. I mean, he was it, being oh, asked yes. to do and mm-hmm. to believe in things that it took other Jedi's years to master. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's why I think that Luke is, yeah, he's going to fail because he's trying to bite off more than he can chew. And I think that's why he failed. It's not so much that he, if he would have had the training that Anakin had or that Yoda had, or he had the, the time to, to really develop into the person he was going to be. I mean, there would, there would be no limits to what Luke could, 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 could accomplish. You know, raising that ship at, at, at that age would have been nothing for him just because he's, he has so much potential. But again, he's in a crash course. I mean, he's trying to learn in a mm-hmm. few days yeah. what Jedi's learn throughout a lifetime, you know. So, I mean, we have to cut him a break there because, you know, nobody, I mean, just to have him, you know, be able to levitate and, you know, upside down and to lift rocks and then look into the future. I mean, that is just, man, tapping into some yeah. No powerful yungling. stuff. Yeah. No youngling you know, could nobody, do that. Nobody could do that. Nobody could yeah. do what, what Luke was doing well, what in that I will moment, say, you know. Yeah. What I, what I would say, even in that, is... What I actually really loved about this film this time around, because again, we're watching this in the lens of a rewatch series. So we're taking one, two, and three into account as well. Um, and the the beauty about Luke, even in this crash course that he's taking with Yoda, there is some pushback from Luke about even the old Jedi ways yeah. that we see from him. Like, the fact of having attachments with Leia, Han, Chewie, with all of them. And I've, I've talked about this before whenever we did going through the saga, like seems like forever now, but it really was like about a year ago. But I, I remember saying that Luke understands the things that Yoda's trying to teach him, but he doesn't agree with everything right. and neither do I, uh, And I think Luke and Yoda kind of have this back and forth relationship to where Yoda's trying to instill the old Jedi ways at times. Mm -hmm. And in in some respects, Luke kind of pushes back and says, I'm not going to do things that way. And in my opinion, that makes him a better Jedi in the long run. I mean, you you even see it at the beginning of his training. Like, Yoda doesn't want to train him and one of the reasons that he gives is the old reason of oh he's too old to train but then obi-wan like clearly shoots that out of the water is like hey he's our only hope he's he's developed more than like he's developed enough to not be useless and is kind of in the state where if you don't train him he's going to end up being more dangerous and serve the dark side rather than the light anyways and so from the very get-go there's this strain between the old way of doing things as Yoda says, you know, I've trained Jedi for 800 years. I'll take my own advice on this. Uh, Yeah. And yeah. And and I would say, I guess to kind of sum all that up, Luke struggles in his training, but he also makes great strides to what a Jedi really should be in this movie. Like Luke establishes those things of, where do I find the common balance of the old Jedi ways and things that I will develop in the future when he creates his own academy? 
Okay, so Luke, as you were rewatching this, you said that you had some new thoughts over some things. Do you want to share a couple of them? Yeah, so I think well, one of the first things I want to mention is there's some connections, I think, to A New Hope, actually, in this movie that I hadn't noticed before. Um, right whenever Luke gets to Dagobah, he's talking kind of out loud to R2 about why he's here and what he's doing and things like that. And he says an, a very interesting phrase. He says, where is it? Uh, I have to find this Yoda if he even exists. And, and that just immediately sent me back to Uncle Owen talking about uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi saying, I don't think he exists anymore. And so it's like there's a little bit of Uncle Owen still in Luke, even though like we always mm. a lot of like posts and things like that give Luke a hard time for not truly mourning uh, his aunt and uncle. But it's, it's clear that like they have an impact on him. And so I thought that was interesting. Just the way that's worded. Yeah, I think they tried yeah. to they tried to take away his natural, you know, tendencies of of looking for adventure and for wanting that that life, and I think that's why Owen and it was still in there because we're all embedded with our with our parents, mm-hmm. you know, um, and to Luke that was his dad and that was his mom, and even though he didn't necessarily agree with them, yeah. we st- he still has some traits from them, so that's that's an interesting um, observation. Uh, another thing, so the, the problem where Luke is so concerned with size and whenever he's trying to use his force abilities, it, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. this isn't like a explicit connection to new hope, but it, it made me think that he, he forgot like some of the key words that Obi-Wan told him about the force. He told him while he was uh, training with the drone that his eyes deceive him. Don't trust them. And yet, mm-hmm. what is he doing the entire time whenever he's training on Dagobah? He's, he's focusing on what his eyes can see. And so something looks big. And if it looks big, then he can't do it. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why he yeah. says you must, un- you must unlearn, unlearn what yeah. you have learned. Because it was so hard for him to, to even imagine that that's even possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's just a great lesson whenever we're just learning new things also is that sometimes we have to, you know, let ourselves be undone by the things that we have become in order to become something new or to become better. Uh, And so this is like a, a really nice kind of moment of it's an underlying theme of this movie Mm -hmm. of in, in order to, to become something better, greater than what you were, you have to lose some of that old things. And I think we also see that in Darth Vader. Because in this film, this is kind of... I don't know. It's not even that big of a theory. Because I, I would believe that probably some people follow along the same lines as me. But I think in this movie, what we see is a Vader, is Vader being undone mm-hmm. by the end of the movie. We see a Darth Vader in A New Hope that is a little bit ruthless. He literally choke someone to death with his bare hands in the beginning of a new hope we see him choke an officer for disagreeing with and teasing him about the force and you know it's an old old sorcerer ways and then we come into empire strikes back he kills two people like for failing yeah 
So we see a ruthless Darth Vader. Because again, an Empire Strikes Back is a darker film compared to A New Hope. Um, which yeah. I think it needed to be. Uh, it needed to be a darker film because it, it really leads up to Return of the Jedi so well. But when Luke comes into the picture, into the equation, into what this whole movie has been about is Vader chasing after Luke for a reason, for a purpose. Why is he so interested in this boy? But we're like, okay, well maybe because he's strong with the force and they really want him on their side when it turns out to Luke's his son. And when, as soon as Luke jumps off that platform, seemingly to his death, Mm -hmm. I think there, Vader is starting to turn back slowly. Even when he's talking with Luke through the Force, of saying, Luke, Vader, Luke calls Vader father. Mm-hmm. He's not a Sith. He's not the Emperor's apprentice. He's father. He's a human being. And the fact that Luke recognizes that even in all this, I think that starts to break Vader down. Yeah. And that's the important part, I think, because if you see the way Luke, I mean, Vader starts having feelings for his son. Yeah. You know, they're all bubbling mm-hmm. it up to the surface where he's been trying to push everything down and, and everything. That's mm-hmm. why he's so abrasive and so hard on everybody. Because he doesn't want to make any connections with anybody anymore. So I think he's Mm -hmm. pushing. But when he realizes this is my son. You know. Something that I never even thought was possible. That reignites some of Anakin's you know. Feelings of who of who he was. And and what was important to him at one time. And I think that just kind of says. Okay here's my son. Here's my here's my link to Padme. This is this this Mm. is what 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 you know. What I have with her. This is our fruit of our love. I guess I killed her. I think he thinks in his mind he still did that, you know. So it was it was it was a, it was an opportunity for him to start feeling something again, and that's what. And if you go to what um, what Obi Wan told about him, he's more he's more machine, machine than, than a man. human, you know. Well, this is this is the actual uh, human side of Vader. Yeah. We're seeing a Vader who's who's yes. conflicted. Who's 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 uh, who's torn, and he's like, okay, well now I got you. Let's rule the empire together. You know, let's let's mm-hmm. let's join forces. We can overthrow the the, the emperor. We can the we're emperor. stronger together than than he is. Yeah. So he's his plan is coming back into play where he's trying to 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 to, to reignite his emotion, but also uh, now he has a hope. You know, it's not just a new hope for, for everybody else. Right. He has a hope where he's going to be with his son and they can rule mm-hmm. together. Yeah, his son, kind of the last kind of vestige, the last kind of piece of Padme is still alive in the world. And uh, if you think about the offer that he gives Luke, it's the same offer that he essentially gives Padme, except he doesn't think Padme is going to fight the emperor. But uh, he says, I'm, I'm more powerful than the emperor. I can overthrow him. And then we can just rule together, our family ruling over everything. And and we start to see that develop. But I, I think an important aspect of Darth Vader in this movie 
is something that we see in the title scroll, actually. It's described Darth Vader as obsessing over uh, Luke Skywalker. And so as he is obsessing, I think that's what has especially led to his his dogged chase of him and anybody who might get him close to him, even into an asteroid field where, like, there's, I, I had to rewind it for a second because he's talking to his different admirals, like from each of the star destroyers, mm-hmm. and one of them is literally getting killed by an asteroid, and like his hologram disappears, and they don't bat an eye yeah. at it. Uh, but he's just doggedly pursuing Luke, um, and if he can't have Luke, then he'll have his friends and and torture them. And somehow it escaped me that Han said that. Uh, Darth Vader never asked him a single question, but I was watching it with subtitles this time, and so I I got to see that line. And it's not he wasn't interested in any information, but just through the Force, reaching out through this connection between Luke and his friends, in order to draw him in. But yeah, and I don't want to get too much into this uh, because Dad's not really that much into lore. But in the comics leading up to Empire Strikes Back, there is an arc where Vader is trying to figure out who the X-Wing pilot who blew up the Death Star, who was he? Because he sensed he was strong in the Force and a new hope, so the Force is strong with this one. So he spends a little bit trying to figure out who this boy is. And when Boba Fett is the one who... He, he actually fights Luke at Kenobi's home in on Tatooine. He fights him there, figures out his last name. He takes it to Vader, and he says, what was the boy's name? Boba just says, Skywalker. And he dismisses Boba, and through the Force, sends cracks all over the screen, over, like, the window of his star destroyer because he's so enraged that the emperor held this information from him for so long that I have a son, which then connects to the point of dad saying Vader was at that point trying to overthrow the emperor. That's a, that's a great point with his son. Because then that means that what we see in empire strikes back is actually Darth Vader kind of being a little bit sly, a little bit coy. And, um, the, the, communication that he got from the emperor which is this is also the first time that we see the emperor and if you're watching it in the 80s it's this really weird gross prosthetic face um but if you're watching it in the new versions it's uh ian mcdarned which is great uh yeah but uh but that that adds another uh texture to it where he Mm -hmm. there's a reason why he offers the ability to turn him and make him into an ally um Yes. Did, did y'all get in? I mean, this is something that I noticed uh, with Vader's relationship with Leia. That he never really wants to destroy her. I think he senses something about her mm. because he doesn't destroy her in in, in in a New Hope. He doesn't destroy her an Empire. He uses her as a ship. But who who does he torture? I mean, would it have been more more effective to torture Leia? Because Luke might have sensed her more. I don't know. I mean, he didn't know anything about about right. what's, what's going on. But I think there was something in Vader that he knew this this girl is not just anybody. 
No, I think this is somebody that I'm that I'm connected to in somehow some way, and and you see that in Empire where he actually goes, oh sister, mm-hmm. he's reading, he's going, oh, so now he says, now not only oh, do I return, have a, yeah. return, in return, yeah, when when now not not only do I have a, a son, but I now have a daughter as yeah. well. So I mean, he was like, I think he always felt that connection to her, and he and he never could destroy her. And even and even when 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 he when he spares uh, Han and puts him in carbon freeze, you know that scene where he says you have to take care of her. He tells uh, 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 Chewie, and Chewy. and and Darth Vader's just looking at him. Yeah, you know. No, so I, I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking I, there's a connection there that maybe it's a subtle connection, but I think he's he's kind of tying into his emotions more than he probably wants to. <laughs> I think you're exactly right because there's like a, a weird kind of almost out of place scene where like Leia's staring at Vader and I think Vader staring back. And then there's another time where uh, it's whenever they're taking Han away uh, to go into the carbon freezing chamber and, and Chewie freaks out and then Boba lifts up his blaster, but for whatever reason, Darth Vader shoves it back down. And maybe it's because he was worried that might accidentally hit Leia in the process or something else. Yeah, and that would be an interesting thing to to get more information about. Um, maybe something that Luke we could work on yeah. for Lucasfilm. Yeah, exactly. You know? Whenever they hire us. Yeah, Dude, I'm just wondering why. Why, like you that. said, why would he put his hand down? Yeah, you know. Yeah, he doesn't no, care about yeah, anybody. He kills people for well. you know for like fun. You know. He doesn't really, you know, who's an apology accepted Captain Leader. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he doesn't, I mean, he, exactly. don't, he, he don't even think of twice about taking somebody's life. But with Leia, it's, 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 there's something there. Mm-hmm. And I think he, he senses that. Even though he doesn't want it, he wants to turn off his emotions. He wants to be cold and ruthless. There's still a very much Anakin still, still, still inside of him. Yeah. You know, that side. Could, uh, could there be... This is a really. This is just going to be a really dumb theory, uh, and this is just to be funny, uh, specifically. But what if this is Vader's uh, version of Vader has PTSD because he choked and harmed Padme, and so would he commit to not doing that again? Maybe would it remind him too much of what he did to Padme, possibly? Well, he might have seen images of of Padme in. Leia. Leia, her character yeah. is very much like like sure. like her mom, like Padme. Yeah, so I mean, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of characteristics that he says, "Wow, this girl's awesome." You know, if she wasn't my enemy, <laughs> yeah, it might, it might, yeah, it might even be kind of like a subconscious thing where mm-hmm. it's just he doesn't realize what it is until return, and then it just kind of clicks. And then he goes, "This is why I couldn't kill her. Yeah. <laughs> this is why I always yeah. felt some kind of connection with her." Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was yeah. interesting when I was watching it yesterday. Yeah. No, I think that's a good you know, point. You know who else is interesting also? Billy D. Williams. Billy D. is great. As Lando Calrissian. Uh, I think he was a fun new character. And just because I want to mention him briefly uh, before we kind of wrap up our time talking about this. But I think he brought something great to the table. Even if just looking at the original trilogy. But even in the grand scope of this saga with solo and with donald glover's portrayal of him man they really go hand to hand like i don't i don't think it misses a beat 
they they may look differently and their voices are maybe a little bit know. different, I but I think I, I think their voices are also very similar. But I think it was a very, very smooth transition of the Lando that we got in Solo and this Lando in Empire. It, it was just really great. It Man, it was so good. So my question to y'all would be this. Because uh, both of them kind of act the same. And is it the scoundrel yeah. in them or the friendship in them? Because this is what both of them say. Yeah. It's not my fault. Yeah, I, I, I noticed that fault. too. I'm so They're glad just, that you noticed that because I wanted them, to talk about both it. Of them, both of them just go to that. There's like, that's like their, their default. Is that a, scon- a, a, scon- a, a scoundrel thing where you have to deny everything? You know, even though, you know, it was your fault, you know. So it was com- something that I that I really looked at. I go, man, they yeah. are the same person. Yeah. I mean, ri- you know, in, yeah. in, in that sense, they're both the same terms. But then, and then, you know, when he turns from from their enemy to their friend, they can't believe it. I mean, Leia wasn't, wasn't going to take it, but shocked. But but he, there is good qualities in in Lando yeah. that are the same qualities in in, in Han, yeah. and they become they're kind of like the same person. And but but they both turn on a dime, you know, from doing my own thing to saying, "Hey, this is more important than than me." Yeah. Seeing Han Solo again, say bringing up those emotions and saying, "Hey, man, this we we used to run together. We used to be yeah. the same, you know. We, uh, you know, so a lot of things that those were kind of just calling out to me." Yeah, no, I'm. Mm-hmm. I think you are 100 like right on track because I noticed the exact same thing, and uh, with the kind of character change in Lando. I mean, look back to what like Lando's kind of uh, justification, as it were. It's like I've got problems of my own. And it's like, is you think Solo didn't have problems of his own? No, he definitely did. Um, well, he had the bounty on his yeah, back, exactly. You know, and and a new hope. He says, "I got, I got, I got to pay some debts off." And even if I wasn't, you didn't think I would stick around here, yeah. would you? Yeah, and, and he said, "Better so he, her than me." Exact parallels. <laughs> when, yes. when when they're yeah. gonna kill, he, and the only reason why he changed his mind on that because there was money involved, mm-hmm. and he needed money. But we see yeah. that now he's doing it pro bono, you know. He's not really worried about the money so much. He's just kind he's of not worried about money. Yeah. He's not worried about he's worried about the money so he can go pay off so he can be free from that, you know, uh free from that lifestyle that he used to do. Yeah. He wants to be a person who cares, you know. So we, we see a lot of those things with, with with this movie, you know, of a lot of character development and, and there's all, all these turns, you know, and twists that make it a really interesting movie. And that's what I think I always said. And that's why I told Daniel, I said, that's what I missed in, in, in episodes one, two, and three, that they don't have that character development. Everybody just kind of stays in their lane. They don't change. They don't evolve. Mm-hmm. They're just kind of where they are. Yeah. The only one that's kind of changing is Anakin, yeah. you know, but really he's yeah. kind of, he kind of stays the same. So, I mean, in this one, you see everybody kind of developing into something else. They're like morphing mm-hmm. into something better. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's a fair criticism of the prequels that they they yeah. they are all pretty kind of like they're going to be what they're Static. going to be. Yeah, yeah, I would I would agree with that. And what helps it though, um, or I I guess it advice for also our other listeners who who also feel that way. I think what helps with the prequels is the Clone Wars series. Mm-hmm. Because it, it gives them a little bit more depth and a little bit more character development than I think George gave himself in the 
actual three films, which is unfortunate we didn't get that in the movies. But I think what Dave and George did later on is that I think they recognized that and said, why don't we just do a show where we actually show the development of these Jedi, of the clones, to give us a little bit extra something for the fans. Um, But in the original trilogy, character development, like you said, is not a problem. Especially in this movie. Yeah. So, at this time, we're as we're winding down, we're closing the conversation here. Dad, who who was your favorite character in this movie? Who would you say is your favorite character? Oh, my mine since day one has been Luke. I mean, I like Han Solo, but I almost thought he was like trying to steal the show because mm. he's so freaking interesting, right? But I, Luke was <laughs> Luke. Luke was the Harrison one. Ford. Yeah, I mean, to me, the 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 one that's always been a center, and that's why I always consider him the greatest Jedi of all time, you know, because of his personality, of his one kind of one mind, tra- one track mind, where he wants to be a hero, he wants to save the day, he wants to be, you know, that guy. But it's not really because he wants the glory; it's because he just wants to do the right thing. Yeah, you know, he's he kind of he's kind of mm-hmm. a purist in that way. Where he's not really interested, he just wants to. He just wants good to win, mm-hmm. and that's what. Yeah. And, and if he has to sacrifice himself, he will do so just to get mm-hmm. that that victory for. And that's why. That's why I always told y'all that to me, he's a pure. He's a pure of what the Jedi Order rep, should represent. It's is his pure. Yeah. You know, dedication to the light. He doesn't stray from it. He he's always you know on par with it. So to me, that's that's he's my my favorite of all time, and probably of all. I don't care how many Star Wars movies you make; I think it, nobody's going to ever supersede him. Yeah, I think what needs to be said, even about Mark Hamill's acting job in this movie, Empire of Dreams, is one Luke knows my one of my favorite documentaries about the making of Star Wars. I've watched it eight times this year, and. <laughs> Mark Hamill was the only human on the casting list for months. Like you had a bunch of snakes, you had a puppet. So like Frank Oz was obviously there, but in terms of acting with someone, an actual person, Mark Hamill didn't have that. And the amount of work that he had to do on this film in this film was incredible. It was sensational. And I think, Honestly, he should have won something for this because it was unbelievable. All the scenes with Yoda were brilliant, excellent, and Luke did a lot in this film. So saying he's your favorite character in this film and of all time, Mark Hamill just being the also actor goat that he is, yeah. like that that makes sense. Now, I'm going to give a, a honorable mention before I say mine. C-3PO had me cracking up in this movie. Like, he was, he was so oh, funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and even when he was on, like, Chewbacca's back because he was, like, shot to, to like, a million pieces or whatnot, he says, now, Chewie, remember, you have a responsibility <laughs> to me. And, and, like, just those, like, small back and forths with, with Han, Chewie, and even R2, um, I, I think... Anthony Daniels did an amazing job. Oh, also yeah, definitely. In this yeah. Film. yeah. And, I'll, and I'll say this as a, a Star Wars fan who 
historically hasn't been a big fan of C-3PO. I, I felt that on this rewatch. I, I really enjoyed him both on New Hope mm-hmm. and uh, Empire Strikes Back. And knowing well, what he happens... He changes in- a lot in this one. That's true. He changes a lot in this one. And, and then he... he yes. And I was going to say, he even gets developed. Yeah. That's how wonderful the storyline is. Everybody yeah. kind of gets a, an, an improvement. They all get souped up. And then when you go to, of course, Return of Jedi... They get even more, you know, it's just a continuation of, of their development. You know, everything yeah. just kind of goes forward. And that's why I think this trilogy is is never going to be superseded because it's just it has the, the characters. It has a perfect, you know, uh, chemistry between all the actors. There's never nothing has mm-hmm. been put together like this. It just fits like a glove. It just fits yeah. perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. I think my favorite character in this film was probably Yoda. Mm-hmm. Just because I think just as a Star Wars fan myself, no one is a greater teacher than Yoda, Mm. I think. In terms of when he talks about the Force, his development of life. Because again, I'm looking at his what he does in this film in comparison to everything else that has come before this. So starting with episode one, Mm. he has messed up a lot. He's made a lot of questionable decisions. But at the same time, he's also done so much for the galaxy as a whole, for the light side. He's done... This is, to me, this is his redemption. This is his redemption movie in terms of looking at this rewatch series. He is still doing the right, what he believes is right. Whether we agree with his methods or, or whatnot, that's a different conversation. But he is doing what he believes is right. And he he is right in a lot of instances. And what we learn from him in this movie, it like it leaves a legacy mm-hmm. to the fact to where forty years later we're we're still talking about yeah. his impact and and the story that is Star Wars. So he's my favorite character for sure yeah and and then for my part i would say i my favorite character in this film is probably darth vader because this is the film where we get to see darth Mm -hmm. vader be darth vader the most this is where you're going to get all of those iconic lines not just the no i'm your father but also apology accepted captain nita or uh yep is whenever or the iconic scenes where he's choking the guy like over the zoom call uh and so the zoom call (laughs) or or impressive most impressive it's just it's it's in this one that you see a whole lot about darth vader and how he operates and you even get to see a peek at the man under the mask and so yes it's this yes. is a really important movie for Vader, and so I think he's my favorite character from this movie. I mean, yeah. we can't go wrong with any of those three because I mean, they're no. just—that's what I'm saying. This, this, these films are just so rich. You can you could debate yes. either way, and they, and you would win, you yeah. know, because there's 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 no losers here. You could talk about Leia and how she was developed, and you mm-hmm. can talk about Han and how his impact on the whole movie was, you know. Yes. Um, so, his I sacrifice. Mean, it, it's just everything everything fits in, you know. Even C3PO who's not non-human, you know. Yeah. Uh, has yeah. has some 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 uh, but that's why I'm saying the richness of these movies, I don't think 
that's why we watch them over and over and over again because every time you watch them you you're, you're kind of oh i didn't notice that you know i i'm or that mm-hmm. kind of developed my thought about this and i really never thought about it this way so i mean just to, that y'all have a podcast talking about star wars is incredible i mean it should be called the star wars nerds but that's <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's a different <laughs> suggestion you know because i think that's just something that that that's hard now really when i when I agreed to come on here, I was like, man, I don't know what, what to expect from these guys. Um, are they going to be asking me all these crazy questions that just say, you know, oh, just trying to pin me to argue with y'all? And I'm like, I'm glad it didn't turn argumentative. <laughs> no, that's not what this show is about, unless right. we're doing a fair or not. That's true. Oh, okay. You've only done like two of those. <laughs> yeah, really. So I enjoyed um, it. Yeah. I, I didn't we think enjoyed I was going to, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, we really, really did. It was a lot of fun just walking again. This is, to me, this is the best movie in Star Wars. Like this is on this is number one on my list, and the original trilogy is in my top three. I would say. Um, so spoilers on what I think of Return of the Jedi. <laughs> um, but, Dad, thanks a lot for coming on. We really appreciate having you as a guest. Um, we'll see if we can try and strong arm you into doing another one later on uh it'd be a lot of fun to have you on um but as as we kind of we're, we're closing our time here just list i guess your favorite scene from this movie mine's is is kind of the start of 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 darth vader and luke's battle mm. where he's you know where luke and this is what bad debate with daniel he says he didn't fail i said once he got his lightsaber out to me, he had failed. Yeah. The reason yeah. why the reason mm-hmm. why is because he was already aggressive, and 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 that's why and that's why yes. Joker said, "Why can't you do this?" Well, this is why because you 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 throw yourself off balance. You're trying to 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 do this, and then when he's having that conversation, he goes when he goes all too easy, and he, and he turns yeah, on exactly. the thing, and he jumps up, and he goes, "Oh, this guy's got a lot more than I thought." Yeah. So, I I think yeah. that that Vader was kind of thinking, "Oh, this is going to be really hard because." The emperor is afraid of him, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But then, okay, looks like the emperor over overestimated Luke. Overestimated him, and then yeah. he goes, "Oh no, he didn't," yeah. because look where he's at, you know. So I think yeah. it was it, to me, it was it was kind of it set the the scene of the whole battle, you know. That was going to go back and forth. It wasn't just going to be a one sided. And that's what's so impressive about Luke. He has no combat training. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know mm-hmm. what they did on Digabath, but I don't think I don't think Yoda <laughs> took off his his little lightsaber and started going with it. I mean, he was just kind of doing this out of instinct, you know. And he was fighting well, and that's why uh, yeah. Darth Vader had to start throwing things at him because he probably couldn't beat <laughs> him in just a str- in just a flat out saber fight. You know, I don't yeah. know. So that was my that was, that was my favorite scene because i think that's really shows what luke's, luke's true poten- potential is mm-hmm. that he's mm-hmm. actually more powerful than his own father even you know at this relatively undeveloped you know stage <laughs> yeah uh for my favorite scene i feel like i've not given uh han solo enough love in this uh in this podcast Rewatch so you. i'm going to do that now oh. uh but this the Kind of all of the scenes where they're they're trying to get away from the star destroyers with the asteroids and and going into that big asteroid and then trying every time trying to get into high, the light speed but it's not going to work and then so he just has to kind of trick the empire into leaving without him and uh, 
Mm-hmm. It's really good. Yeah, and and, yeah. and 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 the love story is a whole lot more interesting in this one than yes. in one, two, and three. I mean, because it it fits. Yes. It's the chemistry's there. It's real. It's real. You know, and I think that's that. That's why this is. I think it has everything. It has all the you know yes. the mm-hmm. action. It has the 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 love affair. It has everything that makes a, a movie a movie. You know that that makes mm-hmm. it one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, probably my favorite scene. With also my favorite track in the score is Yoda and the Force mm-hmm. when he has that conversation with Luke about yeah. what the Force is all about, how he how he can use it, you know, even when talking about the size of the ship and all these different things. To me, that developed everything when we talked about the Force. When Kenobi said it in A New Hope, it laid the groundwork. Yoda expand expanded on that uh, and really just fleshed out, okay, what is the force and what is the relationship that we, sh- that Jedi should have or all living beings should have with the force. And with that music, just swelling and playing and everything, it just makes, I felt like I was like seven years old myself um, and just and just being in awe of, of Yoda in that scene, in that moment. Yeah, because he says, you must feel the force. <laughs> also realize that he doesn't, he doesn't talk backwards for most of this movie. <laughs> I think it's more of a prequels era thing. Yeah, I mean, a couple of lines, but not as much like you yeah. said. Yeah. So, maybe he, in his old age, he's forgotten how to talk backwards. <laughs> That's a he. He, That's he unlearned he's what memory. he had learned. He's seen it. He's seen it. Yeah. Well, that is going to do it for us, the Star Wars historians here on the Gazebo Effect podcast. Dad, like I said, thank you so much for joining us and talking through the Empire Strikes Back. We just really enjoyed you being on. Thank you, boys. I enjoyed it. I really did. Yeah. Luke. As always, it's a pleasure co-hosting the show with you. Uh, And until the next time that we have a Star Wars rewatch series episode, may the Force be with you. Nice.